Welcome to It's Your Business Lead It podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking to me in game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real-world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology, and my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. Welcome to It's Your Business Leader podcast. In this cast, fear of failure? Recently, I've had the opportunity to interact with an artificial intelligence that I've nicknamed Skippy. You may have recall I mentioned that in my last cast. One of the things I had Skippy do is to give me a list of the top fears that new supervisors have in their position. And I thought this would be a really good way, a really good topic to do in a podcast. So that's what we're going to do today is the first fear that Skippy identified. And I want to flesh it out and think a little bit, talk to you a little bit about what that fear might be, and then a plan for how to address it. So what is the first fear that Skippy came up with? And he really came up with this idea of the fear of failure. Imagine you're a brand new supervisor, you're coming into the role, you're gung-ho, you're excited, you're motivated, and you don't want to make any mistakes. You're afraid that you don't know everything, and you have this fear of what I would call the fatal mistake, where you're coming in, and because of something you don't know, you take a decision or you you do a specific action, and then your boss comes alongside you and pulls you into their office. They might even have HR in there in your, in your worst nightmare, and they tell you what you did wrong, and it goes from there. The fatal mistake fear that there's something we don't know that's going to trip us up, that's going to explode our success and cause us to fail catastrophically. And there are some reasons why this fear persists for many people. There are many unknowns when you come into a new role. In fact, there's so many unknowns that you won't even know about them all. So there are unknown unknowns. This is real. This is part of the process. Part of experience is working your way through some of those unknowns until they become known, and you have a process for learning from them so that they're no longer unknowns and nor are they problems. So you have unknowns and and (laughs) unknown unknowns, and our greatest fear, I believe, is that we might inadvertently step into one of these because we don't know what we don't know. And as a consequence, we think that what's going to happen when we step into these deep fears, these these mistakes that we didn't didn't see coming, is that we're going to be shamed or humiliated, embarrassed, whatever it is. Maybe we fear that we're going to end up unemployed. 
Because you know how the panic cycle goes. We get anxious about something and the anxiety causes us to get distracted. We make a mistake. And then the mistake causes us to get even more anxious. And before you know it, we cycle all the way down to, well, if I make a mistake, I'm going to get punished. And if I get punished, I'm going to do my job even more poorly. If I do my job even more poorly, I'm going to get fired. And if I get fired, I can't pay my mortgage. And if I can't pay my mortgage, I'm going to get kicked out on the street. And if I get kicked out on the street, I can't, I can't, I can't cook my food. And if I can't cook my food, I'll starve to death. That's a, that is a cycle of panic. And guys, we don't need to go there. What we need to do is notice it. Take a deep breath. Recognize the anxiety that's, that's building up in your stomach or in your chest or wherever it is. Just notice it. Name it. Feel anxiety in this moment. And then release it. It's not helpful. See, the reality of this situation, if you make a mistake, especially if you're new in your role, more than likely... It's a learning opportunity. It's a, you're going to lose a little bit of face. You can maybe get a little bit of egg on your face, a little embarrassed, but it's a learning opportunity. Now, I need to say a couple of things here, provided it's the first time you've made the mistake. If it's the second or the third time, there will be consequences. You should be a little bit anxious about that. In fact, well, no, let's throw the anxiety away. How about we develop a process to make sure we learn from our experiences and our mistakes in the first place so that that can't happen. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on anyway, so we'll, we'll come back to that point. So the reality of this situation, if it's your first time and you work for a mature and emotionally mature manager, chances are they're going to make sure that you learn from it and then move on. They're expecting you never to make the mistake again. That's a reasonable assumption, reasonable expectation, but that's going to be the end of it. So how do we get there from here? Well, the solution to this problem, the fatal mistake, is that first of all, we need to recognize that mistakes are part of the human condition. You're going to make some because you don't know what you don't know or you just don't know. And the way that we learn is by making mistakes and putting a process to it so that we learn from the mistake. What's really important here is that we develop a process to make sure that you minimize the number of mistakes you make and the severity of those mistakes. And what that means is you need to start learning to pay attention. A while back, I did a cast on growing your self-awareness. I highly recommend you go back and you dig into that cast because self-awareness is the first step of being able to recognize what's going on within you and around you. And the more you're aware of that, the less you're going to face these unknown unknowns in a reactionary way. You're going to see it coming, and then you can ask questions rather than just reacting and creating problems. All right, so these mistakes are going to happen, and we got to learn to deal with them. So what is the process for dealing with them? I have a simple set of steps. First of all, step number one, know the position you're in and the requirements of it, both spoken and unspoken. We'll dig into that in a moment. Number two, know the culture and uncover any hidden landmines. Number three, we need to conduct a gap analysis on the skills needed to be successful in the role. And then the gap is between the skills needed for the success in the role and your skill set. So you need to be able to do an accurate self-assessment of what you're good at. You can't get your ego in the way. I highly recommend that you involve somebody else in this that can give you a more objective view of your skills. The next step is span any significant gaps between what the role requires, and where you're at. And this is a long-term process, and this actually is the most legitimate piece of risk around making a fatal mistake because you don't have the skill set yet. 
So this is really critical. You have to recognize that when you start in a new role, you haven't arrived. You've simply taken the first step. The journey is to learn from there. Step number five, implement a process of reflective learning so that every experience that you have, you're learning from so that you never make the mistake again. And then finally, grow your emotional intelligence and in particular, your emotional control. I talked about self-awareness. The next piece is self-management. It's the ability to control your emotional reactions regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what your employees are doing or what your manager says about you. Really critical that we grow our self-awareness and our self-management. Okay, so let's dig in a little bit. Know the position and know the requirements, both spoken and unspoken. There's some specific questions that I highly recommend here when you're talking to your manager coming into the new role. Ask them, what are the critical KPIs in this role? And what is the order of importance that you see them in? Oh, they're all important. Yeah, I know. And if we only had time to get three of the top four, which, which of those three would be the most important for you? Now, he or she may or may not answer this question. The good news is asking the question gets you to a place where you're starting to learn about what is important. And KPI, by the way, key performance indicator, the measures by which business success is understood. So knowing what those KPIs are is the first step because you always want to manage the top ones first. And I can pretty much guarantee you safety is number one, productivity is number two, quality is number three, cost is number four, almost always. It does change a little bit. You get into the sales and customer service area, revenue and customer satisfaction become way more important. It changes depending on the department, but just recognize you need to know what are the most important KPIs. You also... If you're doing one-on-ones with your manager, I highly recommend you ask them, what are, what are your, some of your hot buttons? What are the things that upset you, that set you off? If you can understand these and then step around them, not inadvertently step in them, you set yourself up to be even more successful. Another question that I love is, what did previous unsuccessful supervisors do in this position that upset you? This will give you an even better indication of some of the hot buttons that that manager has that they operate from. The final question that I recommend to really understand the expectations of the role, to start well, is if ask them, if something's going wrong, if it's not going to plan, in other words, what steps are you looking for from me to keep you abreast and aware of what's going on? And let them explain to you their expectations and write this down because it's absolute gold. And this is the first way to make sure you never make a fatal mistake. Second step, get to know the culture. Get to know the hidden landmines. What can we do here? There are several questions. When I go into a new organization to assess their culture, there are certain things that I'm looking for. And I use these questions. How do you make decisions? I find that the process of decision-making that that organization uses gives me great insight into their culture. How do you solve problems? What process do you follow? Again, how we solve problems, according to some of the most, the most important definitions of organizational culture, it is about how we solved problems. So if you can get at how they solve problems, you can begin to understand the culture. Third thing, how do you deal with conflict in this organization? Understanding how conflict is handled is another way. I mean, technically, conflicts are just interpersonal problems or process problems. So understanding how conflict is resolved gives you more insight into the culture. Then finally, ask a question. And the language can vary here. 
what are the sacred cows? What are the things that it's not okay to question or talk about? And I've worked in a number in and with a number of different organizations. And sometimes there are just certain people, certain positions you're not allowed to talk about. You know, family-run business where one of the family members is just coasting through the day, collecting a paycheck, not really adding value. Don't talk about that because if you do, it can be career limiting. That's an example. So what are those sacred cows, those things that that if you talk about, you get in trouble? So those are some of the, the critical questions that you can ask around culture to begin to understand what not to say and where you can go and operate and how to interact successfully within the culture so that you don't make a fatal mistake in the way that you're interacting with the culture and the people within it. Point number three, conduct a gap analysis on the skills needed versus your own skill inventory. This is really pretty straightforward. Get your position description. If there's no position description, ask your supervisor, what are the critical skills necessary for success in this role? And I also recommend, don't just go to your supervisor on this. If there are other supervisors doing similar roles, ask them what they believe the critical skills are for success in the role. This has a double benefit. It gives you another perspective. It also puts you in a position with those other supervisors where you come across as someone who's willing to learn from them. Allowing them to mentor you is one of the most powerful ways of influencing them into the future as you become their peer. So make sure you're asking, what are the critical skills? Position description, manager, and peers. The next thing you need to do is do a self-assessment. Really go through and do an inventory on your own skills, where your strengths and, and opportunities are. And this one, you got to be really careful about. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, you got to watch your ego on this one because we all think we're above average, right? And that isn't sim that simply isn't true. What we need to do, seek out some external advice, maybe from a close friend or a peer or a trusted colleague, and ask them what they see your core skills at and where your opportunities are. Be prepared. This could be a, a conversation you don't want to have but I guarantee you it will help you grow. Then once you've got that, you can do the gap analysis. You're gonna find that there are a couple of skills where you're strong and those skills are necessary and that is, that is a relief. And then you're gonna find a couple of skills where you're underdeveloped for what the role needs. Now we go into development. And that leads us to the next step, span any significant gaps. And what I recommend you do here, I've actually done three different podcasts on this. Podcast number four, podcast number 54, and podcast number 55. They're all called Developing Leaders. It's part one, two, and three. I highly recommend you go back and read them because there are many ways to increase your skill set and find one that works for you and then go to work on it and be relentless. The better you develop yourself, the more you immune yourself or immunize yourself from the fear of the fatal mistake. So go to work, get it done. Cast four, 54, and 55. Point number five, practice reflective learning. I told you I was going to come back to this. What I want you to recognize is a simple model. You can either use the after action review model of what happened, why did it happen, how do we keep it from happening again, or the one that I've taught you in previous podcasts, what, so what, now what. They're basically the same model. The what or what happened is an objective statement of what I experienced or what happened. You be as objective as possible, not subjective, not judgmental, really important. And then dig into the cause and the assumptions that you made. So the, the so what and, and why did it happen in the after action review are really about digging into root cause, uncovering your own assumptions, and then not operating from them in the future. But you've got to find them in order to not do that. So 
That's the second step, either so what or why did it happen? Then the final step, what can we do to keep it from happening again in the after action review? And now what in the, the reflective learning model that I like? We identify actions that we can apply in the future to make sure we never behave or act in the way that we did in the past because we're changing it. We're changing our assumptions. We've learned something from it. We're taking a different action. Really critical that we have that reflective learning process in place. The final step is to grow your emotional intelligence and in particular, your emotional control. You'll find that I've done a couple of casts in the past on growing your emotional intelligence in the form of self-awareness. I haven't done any casts on emotional control per se. I'm going to do one in the future and watch out for that. So the idea here, the little reflective exercise I did at the very beginning where we notice the emotion, name the emotion, release the emotion, that is part of emotional control. So even if you just practice that, you will get better at emotional control and everything starts to change. All right. So we'll do another, a future cast on emotional control. But in the meantime, who does what by when? I want you to pick one of these steps. Start with step number one. Do them in sequence. If you haven't done step one, go do it. If you've done step one, but you haven't done step two, go do it. If you've done the first two, but you haven't done step three, go do it. And so forth. Take a step and get better to eliminate the risk of you conducting the fatal mistake. It doesn't have to happen, folks. Mistakes are good as long as we're learning. We never want to repeat them. Okay, that's it for this cast. As always, I encourage you, join Mentoring Leaders, post your answer to our Who Does What By When in our group there, and get some feedback from other leaders like you trying to grow and learn. Look forward to seeing you on the next cast. Now you have your action items. I'm excited to hear from you on how what you learned today works for you. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.